Idology Podcast. Hi, Sarah. Hi. You know what I heard today, Sarah? No. So I was walking Luca, my lovely pit bull, mm -hmm. and a woman stopped me as I was walking. And she said, excuse me, I just want you to know that I saw you and your dog out in front of the bodega on the corner, mm -hmm. and you were feeding her treats. <laughs> and the way she looked at you, she said, I don't think I've ever seen a, a relationship between a, an owner and a dog that was so affectionate. Wow. And she said, boy, does she love you. Aw. Oh, just like melted my heart. That's yeah. my girl. That's, that's my Luca. So, yeah. It is nice. It's nice to know you're loved. And it's nice to, I don't know, to, to be seen. <laughs> to be seen. Like yeah. people, yes, when my dog looks at me, I feel seen. And for all the dogs that I walk, when they look at me, I feel seen in a way that I have never felt seen by a human. Oh, yeah. Dogs. Dogs are great for that. Dogs are great <laughs> for that. And I don't know how much of this is my depression, but I don't feel a lot okay. when it comes to joy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've <laughs> or, talked, yeah, we've, we've we've talked, talked about this. Yeah. I don't feel a lot. Right. But when I'm with those dogs. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it just explodes inside me. Mm -hmm. I, the, the joy, I understand, and, and the happiness. <laughs> yeah. I look forward to it. I don't have anything else or anyone else in my life that that makes me feel that way. Yeah, we don't deserve dogs. We don't. My, we don't. No. Oh, so last week, Sarah, we did our first dating disclosure and disabilities oh this isn't dogology am i in the wrong, dogology. Am I the wrong place <laughs> oh no that'll be the new podcast please if i as if i we don't have enough to do uh please sign me up for dogology dogology don't take it tm 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 <laughs> so we had our first dating and disabilities discussion group last week mm -hmm. and w i am so glad we did that I'm glad and, that it went well. Oh, it went so well. And it I, I need to do more of them because there is a need for a space for single people with disabilities or mental illness to go and mm -hmm. just get support. Yeah. And that's something that they all said was, there's nothing like this out there. Being here with everybody made me feel less alone. Sure. Yeah. So I just thought, okay, I've got to get on this. You know, I'm not, I'm not one of those dating coaches <laughs> that does the "Hey, come swipe like a boss, babe" bullshit. I don't yeah. do any of that. Yeah. I I think I'm 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 much more. I think my niche is much more just interacting with people, group okay. discussion. That's my jam. That's yeah. my thing. It's not. So. It's not gimmicky, but it it is. Effective. It's not gimmicky, <laughs> but it is incredibly authentic. Yeah. I, I don't do platitudes. You know, That's I've been sitting true. here thinking, <laughs> I don't do platitudes. I've been sitting here thinking, how do I, how do I compete? How do I brand myself? And the thing that I noticed from looking at all of these dating coaches is I thought it's, everything's very flashy. Yeah. Okay. I am not flashy. That is not me. Okay. So I think that's true. 
I think that's true. I do, doing that discussion group and we did another one on Friday and that one went incredibly well. And I had three guys in it and one guy said, so I'm, you know, I'm on the spectrum. And then two other guys popped up and went, me too, me too. Oh, yeah. And they were really able to provide each other with reinforcement and support. And Mm -hmm. I just love to see it. Yeah. You know, because, and I think that's my, that's my niche. I mean, that's why when I went into trauma coaching, when I went to, for my certification, I did it knowing that I, I wanted to do date coaching. I knew I had the experience with dating, but I also had that experience of dating when you're coming from a place of like a, like a setback yeah, or dating from a place of recovery or dating from a place of trauma. Yeah. And I said that uh, that's who I am. Like, I think that's who my audience is going to be. The people who are the people who are struggling, but not struggling in a way like, Oh, I'm not getting enough matches, but struggling with, um, (laughs) yeah. Not like, you know hey, what girl, tired of dick pics? <laughs> Aren't we all? Aren't we all, girl? But more struggling, like, whether it's just, you know, I'm, I'm newly single and I just got divorced or I just lost my husband or I'm on the spectrum or I'm vision impaired or I, I'm coming out of a really toxic relationship. That's my niche. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my, that's my niche. So I feel like I'm on the right course. I think I've you are got- too. And I am not really at all surprised that um that people enjoyed this session because i feel like so many disabilities are new Mm -hmm. right like they just we didn't have a word for a lot of things like 30 plus years ago right (laughs) and so i think this is definitely a need it really is yeah it really is and one of the questions that came up you know so many quite great questions came up so many and there was one or two where i i had to just i stopped and i just thought i i don't have an answer for this and i don't have an answer for it because we've never this is new we're not never we haven't really covered this ground before this okay. hasn't been considered oh that's do you know what i mean yeah you know one one person she uh suffered from ocd and uh, a couple, uh, there were a couple other issues, and and she, like me, because I was very open about my depression and the fatigue, and she talked about the fatigue, and she talked about um, how this sort of mix of disabilities, how debilitating it could be, and she's mm-hmm. like, I don't, what do I do? And I immediately thought of that Modern Love episode with Anne Hathaway. Okay. That Amazon Prime show. Oh, yeah, I never saw it. It was Anne Hathaway played a woman with who was bipolar, and she oh. obviously had the highs and the lows. Wait, so what? I meet- thought that was a movie, not on, not a Amazon show. No, you're thinking of uh, the one where she had Parkinson's. Ah, yep, maybe. Okay. Yeah. So this is where she has she was. She had bipolar and she had the high highs and the low lows Mm -hmm. and she would meet guys and everything would be great and then she'd crash. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that she wasn't on medication. Sure. And so she, you know, she'd go, she lost a lot of jobs and because she just did not want to get medicated. And I, I, 
told her, that told the group about this episode and they were, they all wanted to see it because they all, that's, they all so, that's so resonated with them of, you know, some days you're great and some days you're not. And how do you do this? How do I navigate this when some days I'm just not me? Mm, yeah. You know, and one of the questions that came up <clears throat> was from one woman who she has an autoimmune disease. And right now, because certainly because of COVID, whether or not it's uh, all year round, I'm not sure. Certainly it's definitely now because of the pandemic. Yeah. She has an autoimmune disease and she can't work mm -hmm. and she wants to date. And okay. she said, how do I approach the fact that I don't date? Because I know someone's going to ask me, what do you do? Or what do you do for work? And what do I say? You mean work? How do I approach the fact that I don't work? Right. Okay. You said date. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. No, I, uh, I got it. So what did you say? I, one thing I, I, I said to her was to keep in mind that certain questions are off limits. Okay. And that if someone pushes, if you say, oh, I don't work. Yeah. And that's it. And you sort of drop it and they push. Mm -hmm. They are showing you who they are. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when you leave the date. That's when you say, thank you. Good night. Here's my, here's money for my drink. See right. ya. Because you're laying down a boundary and they are disregarding the boundary. So I was chatting with her afterwards privately and one thing I considered was, oh, that's right. When you have to fill out your profile, you can select unemployed if you want. So what are all of the options? I th I mean, I don't know. Part-time, full-time. Okay. I think it differs for, for, you know, each platform. Okay. You can choose a, a career field. Right. You know, maybe you can choose other. Who uh, knows? Oh, other. I like if other. If you can choose other, yeah. choose other. Uh-huh. I'm not opposed to choosing unemployed, and I know you don't agree with that. Yeah. We talk, <laughs> we're talking about this already. <laughs> uh, yeah, unemployed is like the one thing I would not check in this person's mm -hmm. case. Mm -hmm. Because I think that right or wrong, it carries a stigma. And, you know, disabilities themselves carry stigma. So, like, mm -hmm. we, we don't need to add anything on to the existing stigma. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying that it's fair that people regard uh, people in the unemployed category as broke, loserly, whatever, mm -hmm. <laughs> can't hold a job, you know, whatever, red flag, et cetera. I'm not saying that's fair, especially mm -hmm. during COVID. I am saying it's a thing <laughs> mm -hmm. and you're not going to come up in as many searches if you check unemployed. Whereas if you say other, if that's an option, um, or, or even, I mean, even part-time, it's kind you know, checking off part-time is kind of like saying you are 35 when you're 37, you're going to get in front of more people and it's mm -hmm. not that big of a deal. Like it's, it's really not that big of a lie. Yeah. You know, see, and this is why people, when I say, you know, everybody lies in their profile and, oh, yeah. and sometimes it's necessary well, Just yeah, especially in this case, if there's like, if there's no answer that really fits the situation, 
it's not mm-hmm. a lie. You're just choosing the best option. Yeah, I mean, you can you can select part time or you can uh, you uh, you can put other. And if they say or they ask what you do, you can say, "Oh, right now, nothing because of COVID." Boop, 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 boop. Da 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 da. Yeah, Leave it. That's true. I mean, or or you, or you could say like what you what you fill your time with you know like what are your what are your hobbies do you volunteer mm-hmm. what are your interests that kind of thing like charlotte york yes exactly a docent at the at the metropolitan <laughs> exactly. at, at moma yeah. well <laughs> i'm I, going to because i think people do want to because most people have to work right i mean that's the unfortunate reality mm-hmm. <laughs> most mm-hmm. people do work um so i think if you, you know, if you're dating someone who works and you're a person who doesn't work, probably you can anticipate that the person who works wants to know that you don't just sit around all day. Right. And they also want to know that you're not expecting them to pay every time. Correct. Yeah. That's the other big thing about checking unemployed is that I feel like that sets off, again, fair or not, that sets off alarm bells. Mm-hmm. Um, in people, especially mm-hmm. on dates, because obviously dating costs money. Right, right. So when you do go out on a date, definitely offer to pay your share, kick in the tip, do something to show, hey, right. I'm not, you know, we're not, I'm just, not com- we're not just here for the dinner or whatever, right? <laughs> Drinks, whatever. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, but it's you know when you're writing your profile, I would. This is why the basic stats are so important. I would definitely go to the section about being employed, and it depends on the on the platform. Yeah, it depends on the options. And so you can choose part-time or you can choose a specific field, maybe a field of study right. that you have worked in. Yeah. That maybe you hope to work in in the future. Right. And or even if it's, you know, like whatever it is that occupies most of your time throughout the day, right? Like if if most of your waking hours you're volunteering at the animal shelter, let's yeah, let's call that your job. Right. Because you're working. It, right. You don't have to necessarily be paid for right. it to be a valid right. a valid job. Right. So that's a really good point, and that's one I, I really didn't consider, and I, I'm, I'm definitely going to follow up with her personally and, and let her know that. So yeah, there's, there's but, all kinds of ways to provide information that is true without getting into the nitty-gritty of, like, why you're not working. Yeah, and, and it needs to be said, sadly, that you need people need to learn to read cues. Yeah. And if somebody <laughs> – sure. If somebody doesn't want to talk about something, if they answer with with a very sort of closed response, drop it. That's the end. Yeah. Right. Don't push. Right. Don't hint. Don't come back around to it. Right. When this person is ready to tell you, they'll tell you. And well, right. And that's, I mean, that's really, I think, what's underscoring this whole this whole question and conversation is, you know, you don't have to disclose any disability on, on date one or mm-hmm. two or three. I mean. Right. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's so funny because 
a lot of times and they a lot of them asked when do i when do i tell somebody that i have an autoimmune disease or when do i tell somebody that i have ocd or when do i tell somebody that i have uh, severe anxiety and what and what did you say well i told the story of how I told Dawn that I have depression and how it came up and how, <laughs> how it came up was that we were at dinner one night and we'd been seeing each other about a month and a half at this point. Okay. And it was around eight thirty at night and you know me, so you know what that means. Sleepy. And, <laughs> sleepy. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting across from him at dinner and I'm just yawning uncontrollably. And he said, do you want to go home? And I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> and I just said, I, I said, I have chronic depression and I just get really tired. And normally I just take a cat, like my little disco nap yeah. on a, and I'm fine. But I was working so much today that I didn't get a chance. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, okay. He said, are you sure? And I said, yeah, I'm fine. And we that was it. Yeah. And it came up very organically. I think when you make it a thing. I don't think it should be a thing. Right. You know, unless it's something that... I think, yeah, we have to, I mean, I think at this point, acknowledge that unfortunately there's privilege in having an invisible disability. Mm -hmm. So you might not have the option of not making it a thing, but how big a thing it is to your date tells you a lot about them. Mm -hmm. He was completely unfazed by it. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, I, I, that's, I think the answer, that's what I would have said too, is like, well, whenever it comes up and when it comes up, you, you know, you can provide as much information as you're comfortable with. So if it comes up on the first date, because someone can see, for example, oh, you are, you're walking with a cane, Mm -hmm. for instance. And one of the, one of the women did walk with a cane. Oh, well, okay. Good, good example then, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, she said, well, how do I, and she was, you know, she was so great about it. She said, you know, I think what I'm going to do, this is very new, the walking with the cane. Mm-hmm. She said, I, I, I think what I'm going to do, because she, I believe it was MS. And she said, I think I'm going to bedazzle my cane and yeah. I'm going to take a picture of myself with it. And I'm like, do it. Oh, do I like it. that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. You know, where you don't have to address it. Right. Like, like the cane is there. You don't have to, you don't have to go into it. You know, yeah, not really. You... I mean, if you, again, it, I think, is going to be the case that people who are are looking for dates are going to be looking to see like, has this person made accommodations and adjusted to this situation? Which right. obviously, yes, <laughs> right, because mm-hmm. they're the ones living with it. But this is just an unfair thing about any any discussion of disability and dating and it Mm -hmm. is that you know people are going to be looking to see like oh am i going to have to like big air quotes take care of this person again not fair but that's that's probably right gonna come up right and so all they need to see is that you you got this right right And and if they need more information than that again they're they're being too pushy and they're not reading the room. <laughs> right. Like, wh- what are you worried about? Like, it's date yeah. one. Why are you worried that she's going to, like, bleed your bank account dry? Right. It's date one. Right. Just pay for the fucking nachos and shut up. Sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, right? <laughs> 
Like, what are you talking about? Right. Like, we really don't need to be worried about, you know, who's going to care for who in our dying moments. Right. On day one. Right. Can we just... (laughs) And and, and something else to keep in mind, people, is if you think that when you get married that you're both just going to, like, die in your sleep and everything's going to be super easy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I hate to break it to you. One of you is probably going to get really sick. Sure. Yep. And you will have to be a caretaker. <laughs> like true. this is part of the deal, right. kids. Right. It ain't all going to be puppies and rainbows. Yeah. So, well, I mean, or think- even if it's not like caretaking, um, it's the case that our bodies are all going to change. Right. You know, but there, yeah, there's always going. This is if the idea of having a partner that isn't one, you know what's the word like fully able-bodied yeah completely able-bodied if that disturbs you might i suggest kick rocks staying single (laughs) (laughs) because at some point that's not going to be the case this that's just life that's just how it goes probably true yeah so and and that's the thing too that i wanted to impress upon the people there is you're talking like um, like you're somehow exempt from this. Right. No, this is, we're all going to be at some point, we're all going to have a, a physical, something's going to change. Right. You know, so for you, it's just right now and it's up front. And personally, I'd kind of, for me, I'd rather know that it's so much harder when you're with somebody and years and years and years, and then suddenly they get sick and there's something so devastating about that. But when you sort of go into it saying, okay, I, I've appropriated my expectations. Right. You yeah. know? Well, uh, I mean, other- I think the same could be said for mental health too. Which Absolutely. Obviously, mental health diagnoses are also considered disabilities. So, mm-hmm. yeah, mental health is is a thing that's in flux <laughs> throughout our lives. Absolutely. So, Ab- just- and, and Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say just, you know, just because you're feeling great today doesn't mean that can't change tomorrow or next month or whatever. And that was one of the questions one of the women asked. She said, what do I, because she said some, for I, I could be great for a stretch of time and then it all comes cr- kind of crashing down and that's when it hits me. And then what do I do? And I say, you know. So what did you say? I I said, when you find yourself, you know, really fatigued or if something's going wrong, to just tell them. Yeah. Just tell them. Say, listen, I have uh, pretty extreme anxiety at some certain points. And some days I'm just not able to do X, Y, Z, and I just need to stay home. So, you know, if you if it's something that you can do, meaning if you can have somebody there, uh, and say, hey, if why don't we just stay in and order in, and I, all I can do right now is a, a low-key night. Or right now, I think I just really need to sleep. That's what usually helps this. Mm-hmm. And can we just talk in the morning or whatever? Right. But when you have that moment of, okay, it's sort of coming on. It's like Anne Hathaway, everything's great, and then she crashes. And her way of coping was just hiding and sort of, um, you know, um, avoiding. Okay. Don't do that. When you feel this coming on, 
you just say to the person that you're dating, here's the deal. I sometimes have these days. Sometimes I'm, I'm not as physically, physically uh, able as, as I am others. Right. And that's it. This, and it really... Um... I think is a good answer, but it it requires a degree of self-awareness that might be a couple steps removed for some people. Like, especially if your diagnosis is new and you're just starting to understand it yourself, Mm -hmm. you may not be prepared to say, okay, a, a bad day looks like this and here's what I will do and or here's how you can assist me. Mm-hmm. Or like, here's here's what I would need from you on this day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that if if that is the case, if you can, you know, before you start dating seriously, <laughs> if you can do that reflection and know ahead of time how to tell a partner what they could do that would be helpful, I think that they would value that because mm-hmm. when you're, you know, when you're in a serious relationship, your your romantic partner doesn't want to feel helpless, mm-hmm. right? They want, like, they, they probably want to help you or alleviate the suffering in some way, right? Especially mm-hmm. if it's a, a mental health thing. So I like, yeah, it's, it's, it's another one of those things that's like, it's really not fair to ask you to do this. <laughs> Because it's putting more work on the person that already has the disability or the diagnosis, right? Mm-hmm. But again, unfortunately, it it like a lot of this is new, <laughs> and I think more people are willing to date someone with a disability and and kind of work with it than than we will know if we mm-hmm. don't take the time to kind of accept that like to a certain degree we might have to take on the role of educator in the Mm -hmm. relationship and just let Mm -hmm. them know here's what I need because they're not going to intuitively know that Mm -hmm. and again that's that's another step for you that's more work that you have to do in the relationship but I think that's um, the best way to give it a fair chance and to enter Mm -hmm. into it in good faith right I agree I was a little bit concerned about not being able to to more accurately answer her and i feel like we did that with this so yay i'm gonna make sure she's listening (laughs) well i'll make sure i'll send her a link okay but yeah it was it was phenomenal and it's something i think that i need to do that i want to do regularly yeah i love those discussion groups i really really do we'll do more of them it sounds like everyone else likes them too yeah um all right sarah yeah (laughs) Yeah. We got a letter. I love We did get a letter. letter. I love the letters. It's okay. a good one. Dear Kristen and Sarah, I need guidance before I can move forward with the decision to exclusively date a man I met on Tinder. I pressed the pause button on my dating life for a few months when COVID started. Last month, I decided to resume dating. However, I don't want to do what I've done in the past and date two or three guys at once until I decide to date one exclusively. For right now, I've decided to date one guy at a time. I went on two dates with a guy from Tinder, Kevin, and we have a third date planned this weekend, but I'm having second thoughts. Another guy on Tinder piqued my interest. We engaged in a lengthy conversation, and he asked me out on a date this weekend. I want to date mindfully more more than ever now, and not juggle multiple guys. 
I don't want to say no to this new guy I started talking to just yet. I'm not 100% sold on Kevin. He seems like a sweet guy. I just don't know. He brought up a topic on our second date that gave me pause. His father died earlier this month. I expressed my condolences and I asked if he was close to him and I received more info than I bargained for. Mm. Mm. Oh, see how those follow-up questions can bite you? Yep. (laughs) The father died of liver failure. He was a lifelong alcoholic. He said that they had a roller coaster of a relationship. He said he was physically, verbally, and emotionally abusive to him, his siblings, and his mother. He said he beat up his mother quite often. He then said that the alcohol turned him into a demon, meaning the father, and he truly was a loving husband and father. He said when he wanted to be, he could be the best husband. So that was a lot to take in on our second date. Sure. Sure. The next morning, I started thinking over what he said about his dad being a loving husband, and it just all of a sudden did not sit right. He was defending a wife beater. Loving husband and wife beater just don't seem to go together, and now I'm on the fence if I want to date someone who can brush off watching his mother's abuse like that, would you want to give this guy a third date? Ooh, okay. Lots to unpack. Yeah. So let's first talk about the, he just lost his father and was, he told you, you know, grief is extremely difficult to process. Yes. Even when it's somebody, you know, even when it's somebody that you had a great relationship with, even if with somebody you had a, you had a really kind of dysfunctional, not great relationship with, mm-hmm. grief is difficult and it comes in waves. The feeling can come in waves. And sometimes, you know, I was, I think I told you this, I was in the park a few weeks ago and there was this woman and I could she was walking her dogs and I was walking one of my dogs and I could tell that she had been crying. And I said, are you okay? You know, excuse me, are you okay? And she said, Oh yeah, I'm sorry. And then she just said, it's just, you know, it's just been, Oh, she said, and she just started to talk to about how she had just lost her sister the week before and mm. they were, had been adopted. And, and she went into it like really into it. And I so understood that having gone through, yeah. you know, it wasn't just a death. It was a, just a, there was a lot involved. Mm-hmm. They had a very, very dysfunctional family and there was, there was just a lot. And here I am, this stranger. And sometimes when you're with a stranger, you can be more revealing. Sure. And but that is part of grief. It's just, you're still processing it all. That's why you're talking about it. Right. You're still trying to process it. So I, I can't, I, I totally understand. It's still fresh for him. It's still, it's something he's still trying to work through. Yeah. And so I can, I, I wouldn't hold it against him for talking about his father. Uh, as far as the fact yeah. that the father was abusive you know, again, these relationships, um, you know, it's not as cut and dry as he was a bad guy. I don't, I, I can't be with him. That was his father. Right. I so, mean, for some people it is, but it's, it's not at all uncommon in situations where one person is abusive for 
the people that get abused to uh, portray them more generously, maybe. I guess right. is the way to say it. It's yeah. I mean, right. think about can we? This is this is related. I swear, but like, think about Dateline. <laughs> okay, <laughs> every yeah. time there is a family where where there's like a murder in the family. Mm-hmm. Inevitably, there are people who pick opposite sides, right? And and right. sometimes the kids are like, "Oh, my dad would never, would never do that," even though like he, he probably did that. Like, would he would never? And like, there is no convincing them <laughs> that their dad has it in him to murder their mom, right? And then like the other half of the family is like, "Nope, we've we've seen the evidence. Mm-hmm. He definitely did that." So it it just. It, this is just like the response that some people have, this denial in a complicated relationship, especially. Yes. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, on one hand, he knows that the father abused, physically abused the mother. Right. Cause he, he said, those are the words he used. Right. And I, and I think a lot of it too, is that the father was an alcoholic, you know, I, you know, have with, as somebody with a lot of addiction in their family, and and seeing the behavior when they were addicts versus when they were sober, I tend to believe that when someone is in the throes of an addiction, that's not who they are. And that, you know, people need to understand that we're not talking that this guy was just kind of like a bad drunk. Right. Yeah. No, it doesn't alcoholism. It doesn't yeah, it's not like that. It's not and it's not, oh, you know how some people are who they are, you know, they're real, they're their real selves when they drink, like yeah. it just comes out. It's not that either. Right. Like their brains are not their own at that point. They have no impulse control. They, that's what addiction does. Yeah. I think the way that this guy is talking about his dad is actually um, very fair and understanding. Yes. Yes. Considered. Like almost he, objective. Right. I mean, he's using the right words to describe the treatment, you know, that he and his siblings and his mother felt at the hands of his father. But he's also acknowledging like that's not really who he was, which shows a lot of awareness about addiction, too. So I I mean, I yeah, I don't think he's defending a wife beater. I don't think that's what's going on. I think he's I don't think he is either. He's talking I about think a complicated that, relationship that is Right. His father was two different people. Right. You have to understand that. His father was two different people. He's not he's not defending the the alcoholic. He's defending the man who he's defending the guy who was his sober father. I don't even think he's defending him necessarily. I think he's just acknowledging like that there was sort of two this di- was two the different shitty sides. reality. Yeah. Here are both sides of it. Yeah. And then there's another aspect to this of, okay, do I, this, is this guy, like, is what's wrong with this guy? Why is he being, why is he sh- oversharing? And I do think that is a valid concern. Yeah. I mean, I think Be- it's just that it's so fresh. It's so fresh. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I did notice though. <laughs> That um, chronologically in the letter, we're introducing doubt about Kevin before we even get to the overshare. So I kind of feel like the the question here is like, she's actually not trusting her, 
her instincts. Because her instincts seemed to be telling her she wasn't 100% sold on Kevin, even before the overshare. But she's making this effort not to juggle multiple guys. So she wants, I think, reassurance to move on from Kevin, even though they've already had two dates in favor of this new guy. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like you're more excited about the new guy. Well, I, I think she's more excited about dating somebody that doesn't have any baggage. Well, who would that be? The the new guy. No, it isn't. I'm not. <laughs> that guy's got something. Well, maybe he does. She doesn't know that for sure, but right. she does know for sure that Kevin has baggage. I think she's just uncomfortable with how how forthcoming he was. Well, sure. I don't think she was I don't think she was on the fence about him until that second date. Mm, I don't know. I you know, if you're listening, let us know cuz I'm I'm reading that she was on the fence anyway and then this happened and now she's like edging toward over the fence. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not getting that. Let me okay. uh, before I move forward to Tinder. I press the pause by my dating life a few months ago. Da, da da da. Right now, I've decided to date one guy at a time. I went on two dates with a guy named Tinder named Kevin, and we have a third date planned this weekend. I'm having, but I'm having second thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it was after this date with the guy, that's when she started going, whoa, 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 wait a minute. And I don't. I, I think the only accurate answer here is you are not ready to commit to anybody. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it's not really practical to say I'm not going to juggle dates because I think it, in dating you kind of have to. Right. You don't have to I have a, you know, a protracted relationship with multiple people. Like you don't have to drag this out when you know you know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But I do think that you're not going to have enough certainty after one or two dates in most cases to know, oh, you know, of these two or three options, which one is my preference? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not that clear. Especially, I mean, like we're now seeing, right? Like, okay, Kevin, he got two dates, but then he dropped this bomb. <laughs> Mm-hmm. right which the new guy has a bomb to drop as well, well um, we don't know that but yeah, more than likely i mean there's something <laughs> everybody's got something everybody's got something you cannot convince me that anyone on this earth is baggage free i'm sorry i'm just not i don't buy it so <laughs> i don't know i i think you're not that into kevin i think the overshare is I think the overshare turned her off. Yeah, I think. Well, it. I maybe that was it, or maybe it's just like the reason that she's yes, come up with. it's. Uh, yeah, I, I think more. I just think the oversharing, like she said, gave her pause. It's now con- she's now concerned. Like, what's is this guy stable? Because yeah. that's what I would think if someone, and this is why I've always, always, always said to people who want to talk about uh, talk about you know a, a history of trauma or a history of abuse this is why i always say wait right <laughs> wait until they have a, a bigger picture of you yeah because you can't unload that on somebody that's a lot yes it's but in lot. this case uh, as you said i think it just came blurting out because it it just happened <laughs> mm-hmm. it's still fresh right and I, I mean, if 
like if this is accurate, if this is how he talked about it, and these are the words he used, I mean, he seems very stable to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but if you don't like him, don't go out with him again. Right. Like don't don't look don't try and look for a reason. If you don't like him, don't like him. But don't don't try to make this out because I yeah, like you said, this I think you're looking for yeah. an excuse this to ditch this guy. This isn't the thing. Like this isn't this isn't the thing. No. You're trying to make it out like he's defending someone who's physically abusive. No, that's not what he's doing. Nah. He's he's talking about his father. I mean, I kind of like how forthcoming he is because I mean, again, if this is if this is accurate, <laughs> this reporting of of the of the telling, mm-hmm. then, you know, again, I think he's got a very objective perspective. Mm. He's definitely oversharing because of, you know, the freshness that. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, he, he seems really stable to me. Right. And yes. and not at all like he's defending his dad's actions. So. Right. I mean that kind. Of, I don't know. Kind of makes me like him more, but yes, I would. Yes, one thing I do want to say though is a lot of times, you know, if someone with a history of trauma meets someone else with a history of trauma, and you think, "Oh, we're kindred spirits," no, you're not. You're a time bomb waiting to go off. Um, just want to just want to throw that out there. Well, because people think, okay, oh, you know, we we have so much in common. We have that hurt. We have that pain. Uh, you, you better if you're both like if you, you're both on a really healthy path to recovery that's one thing but if you're not like if this isn't someone hasn't done the work to get on a path to recovery you you don't you don't know because right what trauma can do to you and what it can do to your emotional regulation and well that's you know true. it's you, the, those relationships can be very difficult if you're dealing with somebody who hasn't really processed the trauma or started to um recover from the trauma in a productive and healthy way it just seems like this guy really has (laughs) well i think he just what we know he is being very objective and which means he's not emotionally he's not emotionally enmeshed in it which i think is good the objectiveness means also note (laughs) that (laughs) when when someone says person x y or z died and you follow up with were you close yeah, you're not giving him a lot of places to go. Right, you you opened that door. Don't hold it against him right. because he felt like he could he could open up to you. He answered very honestly. Yeah, and while this might sound like it was this long conversation, it was probably like three or four sentences. Oh, you've definitely talked about it longer than <laughs> they did. Longer than he did. <laughs> right. So yeah. if you just don't want to go out with him, that's fine. Uh, please, if you if you turn this guy down, please, please, please do not say to him, yeah, that was just a lot to take in and don't do that. Don't shame him because he's already going through, like the, he's already grieving. Yeah. And it's a very, very, very fragile time. Right. Well, and you asked the question. <laughs> and you asked the question. So take some ownership of that. So, so what maybe, is. Maybe let's normalize not asking that question. Were you close? Because there's. There's no. There's only two two places to go with that question. Yes and no, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, yes. So, would you want to give this guy a third date? I would. I think I would if I liked him. If I liked him, yeah. but if you don't like him, don't use don't right. go out with him. But don't use don't use his his disclosure right 
against him. Yeah. Kind of right. like a disability. Kind of like a disability. And that is, I, told, I think I told you one of the women in the, in the group said, what do you do when I've had a guy use my disability against me as a, as a way to reason to break up with me? <laughs> Fuck that guy. And that's what I said to her. <laughs> Fuck that guy. For real. <laughs> because that was a, like I said, that's a way of trying to, it's sort of like you can't debate it. They're using something against you that is going to sh- end up shaming you and you're going to end up feeling bad. And that's what they want. Yeah. You know, they, they just, they're just chicken shits and they're just cowards and they just want you to be sort of ashamed and embarrassed and uncomfortable so that you don't push further. Right. So yes, yes, I would give Kevin a third date. Yeah, I would too. If you like him. I would too. If you're, but I, I just, I don't know. I, I think the damage might be done. Maybe. Maybe. But you know what? Give it a give it a third date and see what happens. And just understand he was not defending a wife beater. No, I don't think so. Not at all. He was just trying to he was being he was giving you an objective retelling of the situation. Yeah. Okay, Sarah, you've got uh <laughs> we're gonna close on a on a bit of a high note. Yeah. A little a little <laughs> levity. <laughs> a little levity after this serious one. Am I the asshole for blaming my unflushed turds on my girlfriend? (laughs) Here we go. Here we go. Buckle up. I live with my mom, but sometimes my girlfriend stays over. Sometimes I forget to flush the toilet or it only half flushes and my mom gets extremely angry when that happens. A few weeks ago, it happened again and my mom started going apeshit on me, yelling at me and even threatening to kick me out. I didn't want to deal with it, and I was embarrassed that my girlfriend would hear my mom yelling at me over my turds, so I lied and said that it was my girlfriend who did it. I figured my mom would be too embarrassed to ever confront my girlfriend and that she would also stop yelling at me. Double win. Fast forward. We had a Something barbecue. tells me that's not how this played out. <laughs> we had a barbecue a few days ago, and I invited my girlfriend. We were having a great time, and suddenly my girlfriend looked extremely angry and on the verge of tears. So I asked her what's wrong, and she tells me one of my obnoxious cousins was making fun of her, telling her, quote, slow down on the food, you wouldn't want to clog the toilet again. <laughs> Long story short, my mom ended up complaining and gossiping to my entire family about my girlfriend and telling them that she doesn't flush the toilet. My family found this hilarious, and now apparently my girlfriend is a walking toilet joke. I feel terrible about this, and I didn't mean for it to spiral out of control like this. Am I the asshole? Yes. Next question. Yep. <laughs> you yes, gotta, you, you got to take ownership of this. Also, how do you not know that your mother is a gossipy big mouth? <laughs> yeah, right? Right? You know, you had to, you had to know she wasn't going to keep that one to herself. I don't know. I mean, oh, oh. I don't know. Also... <laughs> Also, why don't you get your own place, you fucking loser? Well, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I just, ugh, no. No, you're the asshole, my friend. Yeah. My dude. Yeah. You're the asshole. You can't you blame that her. on someone else. Like, something that embarrassing? Come on. And also, I mean, I don't know. Get your plumbing fixed, lady. What, what do you want? You know, well, the pressure, I'm I guess, t- isn't strong listen, enough. I'm torn on this because... <laughs> He says both that sometimes it fl- it half flushes and that sometimes he forgets to flush. 
So I'm not like, what do I make of either of those things? Okay, the half flush, yeah, get get that fixed, right? But if you forget to flush, we got a bigger problem. Right. <laughs> but also if you know that it half flushes, you stand there and you flush 18 times until everything's gone. I mean, <laughs> preferably with a plunger, you know, just to be prepared. But like, right. yeah, you definitely need to say something to your cousin, to your girlfriend and to your mom and take ownership of the turds. And yeah, and you better make sure your mom apologizes to your girlfriend. And if your mother yes. doesn't apologize to your girlfriend, she's an awful person. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, but also, also flush the toilet. I mean, my God, yeah. what are you? An but animal? also, also, <laughs> your mother, your mother doesn't like your girlfriend. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> FYI, she does not like your girlfriend. I mean, that's I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, that's probably true. That she, yeah, the fact that she right. chose to share this, right? She yeah. doesn't like her. That's probably spot on. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, kids. Thank you for the letter mm -hmm. uh, that we received, and we're uh, hoping to get more. This will be posted this week. So, what do we have coming up? We have another um, dating discussion group coming up on September 11th. Okay. You can go to dataologycoach.com and RSVP. You can follow me on. Instagram at the Kristen C H R I S T A N M the Kristen M. Uh, you can go to dateologycoach.com. Oh, we have next week we have the write the best dating profile ever workshop. Mm -hmm. You can use the code podcast to save five dollars if you register. Sarah, do you got anything? Uh, you can follow me if you want to. I'm on Instagram at one Sarah G. Yay. If you, if you want to. If you want to. Sarah's posts some great TikToks, I, I have to say. <laughs> well, repost. I don't Repo yeah, repost. A, exactly. I'm not a talker myself. But I'm not a talker. Maybe All one right. day. Maybe a talker and then I finally got I'm like, oh, a TikToker. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Thank you for uh, thank you for joining us. And we will talk to you soon. Bye. Goodbye.